Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Milwaukee. Start your engines. It's time to talk all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, trucks, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show with Steve Zaki, Dennis Michelson, and Laurie Monroe from Racetalkradio.com. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. Driven by the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. Now, Final Inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Here's Steve Zaki. Welcome back to our number two of the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin, along with our friends at the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Centers on the web at milwcar.com. And joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline is Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com. Welcome to the show, Eddie. Hey, Steve. How are you today? We are doing excellent. And, uh, First hour, we're talking uh, to Tony DeZino, talking about the 101st running of the Indianapolis 500. And last weekend is kind of like the trifecta of uh, auto racing. You got the Monaco Grand Prix that leads off the uh, the day in the morning. And that was on uh, the big station, the big channel, NBC Sports, with our friend David Hobbs, of course, and Steve Matchett and Lee Diffie. And uh, Sebastian Vettel in a Ferrari, along with Kimi Rakinen, uh they were the guys to beat. And uh, what what happened to Mercedes last week, Eddie? Well, I just see, you know, with all the changes coming into this year, I just think you're going to, you, you saw Lewis struggling with setup and prep and getting a handle on his chassis. And I, you're going to see that periodically and, I was shocked at Monaco because he's really good there. Um, his a teammate outshined him. Uh, Ferrari was just, I mean, they dominated, and it was, you know, a pleasant surprise to see that, uh, to see them that fast and uh, putting some numbers down that are just incredible. I mean, you watch the in-footage camera, and it's unbelievable around that circuit. There's no room for error. And as you probably saw from Thursday, a lot of people were struggling with grip with the tires. Well, and, uh, I, I can I can tell you what you know with with the Monaco Grand Prix. Thankfully, it's on that weekend because if it was any other weekend of the year, everybody would be bitching about it. Because <laughs> it's <laughs> I mean it's it's got it's got three things going for it. It's got tradition. It's got chicks on beautiful boats. And and it's it's the first race of the day, and nobody really I shouldn't say nobody cares, but everybody kind of knows what it's going to be. You know, it's going to be a tight race. You know, I mean, I I, I, I joked with Hobbs a couple weeks ago. I said, you know, maybe maybe we'll see somebody 
pass, you know, eight cars over the top like Derek Daly did, you know, 25, 30 years ago at the beginning. But, you know, that's one thing that kind of surprises me is you, you don't see the big crashes that you used to see at Monaco. And, and, but it, 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 it is what it is. You know, it, it's who's ever quick out the gate gets to qualify well is, is who's going to win the race. And, and you well, got to give yeah, hats I mean, off to Ferrari. You're, you're right. Any other race. And, and the thing is, is when, when, when you do tune in, that's what most of the people are waiting for yeah. is that big one on the start. And I, I just think you see a lot more drivers are that aware that, you know, the old saying, you can't win the race in the first turn, yeah. but you sure can lose it. Well, well, a couple a couple of things. Okay, we got uh, the two Ferraris, then you got the Daniel Ricciardo in the Red Bull uh, filled out the podium, and then you got Valtteri Bodas, which was not the Mercedes you think that would have been the top Mercedes. But hats off to him uh, for finishing fourth. Then you got Verstappen in the other Red Bull that finished fifth, and then kind of the surprise, I guess you could say, of the race was Carlos Sainz Jr. and Toro Rosso finishing sixth, and then we got. Uh, Hamilton and uh, Mercedes, and then for the first time in the history of this this short-lived team, Haas Formula One uh, got two cars in the points, which uh, really helps them out, doesn't it? Oh, I mean, definitely. And as you could see, Magnuson's uh, frustration because he thought he could have, you know, he should have been in front of Hamilton. Yeah. Um, they, they were, you know, I mean, they finally – you know, and that's a track that you really need brakes. And I think, you know, that's, I mean, not only brakes for your cars, but you need brakes to run the race. But uh, I think they're getting a lot of their little gremlins that they've had over the years, I guess. I mean, over this year, um, I think now going to Canada will be the true test if Haas is yeah. really going in the right direction. Cause that is a total brake track. And, and I think, you know, I mean, they are. I mean, they are definitely have the people in place, and the drivers are good. And I I think, you know, you're going to see some more, more results like this, you know. And uh, <laughs> it's funny because my wife, we were, I was watching the race when we got home on Monday, and she <laughs> keep me racking it in the – on the podium and he goes well he doesn't look excited i said yes that's his excited look <laughs> i know you know it's so funny kimmy you know i mean kimmy's a hell of a driver and you know and he was extra frustrated you could see it on the podium he was he looked like ricardo looked last year when ricardo and, and if you looked at the facts, I mean, their pit stops were pretty identical. Yeah. Um, they, you know, you're a sitting duck when you're leading. And what happened was is Sebastian Vettel laid some laps down. I don't know where, how he got them, but he did them. And uh, he even admitted that after the race that he didn't think the car had it. But, he, you know, and that's the thing. You're a sitting duck. You come in, you make your pit stop. And the driver out there does three more, couple more laps, and and they're good laps, and you're in trouble, <laughs> definitely. 
And that's where, you know, the, the lead change comes. And unfortunately for Kimmy, uh, he was not too happy about that, which is, you know, I mean, that's why you're, you're there to race. You're there to win, you know, and he really needed one. Definitely. Yeah. And that puts, uh, uh, Haas, the Haas Ferrari team, eighth with 14 points tied with Renault for seventh, seventh and eighth, uh, between those two teams. And uh, of course, Ferrari has taken over the lead in the constructors standings at 196 over Mercedes 179 in the all important constructor standings, because that Eddie Lapine is where the teams get their money, isn't it? Oh, and it's, it's huge money. People don't realize one point means, you know, you make or break your team, definitely, especially those, the the smaller teams that are just, you know, even like Williams. I mean, with Lance Stroll bringing money to race, mm-hmm. you know, they need those points just to keep developing and, and, you know, I mean, to compete, you know, and it's the only way they're going to go. Yeah. It should be interesting. Uh, we got uh, 10 days away for the Canadian Grand Prix, and uh, we'll certainly talk more F1 as we get closer to that. Eddie, we thank you for coming on the show and uh, look forward to chatting with you again. Thanks. It was good uh, to talk to you, and I uh, look forward. We got lots of racing coming up, and yeah. that was a heck of a weekend last weekend. Yeah, and now things start uh, focusing on places like Road America and whatnot, and, and so. Should be a lot of fun this summer, and uh want to welcome the fans to get out to Road America to see the IndyCars at the end of the month here. And then uh, let's not forget the uh, vintage racing in July and, of course, uh, NASCAR and IMSA don't, in August. Don't forget sports car racing. You betcha. The WeatherTech Series. Yeah, and we we'll have an exciting – we, we, we and, and yes, that too. And we have an exciting announcement to announce here in the next couple of weeks regarding the IMSA race in August. So – We'll keep you guys uh, abreast of that. Eddie Lapine, RacingNation.com. Make sure to check their stuff out. You are listening to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin, along with their friends at the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Centers on the web at MILWCAR.com. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zaki, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove, driven by Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin, along with their friends at the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Centers on the web at MILWCAR.com. Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, of course, it's Dennis Michelson from RacetalkRadio.com. How are you doing today, Dennis? Mr. Z, another pleasant Saturday afternoon. Where would I rather be than uh, visiting with you fine folks in Milwaukee? And we started off the show talking about Indianapolis and the Indianapolis 500, Takuma Sato's win, and then we went to Monaco, talked to Eddie Lapine about the Monaco Grand Prix, and of course, we closed we closed the show with the World 600. Now, if we want to be accurate, what we should do, we should talk about it for about five minutes, and then should we break and then come back about 6 p.m. tonight and talk about it? Talk, finish the <laughs> yeah, show off? That's- 
that seems to be the way it uh, it should have been played out with a little rain delay uh, theater involved, and and then so we can actually play a rewind of uh, last week's show. Yeah. Um, so that'll that'll fill the gap and fill the time, and and then we'll be all set for the second half. Personally, um, I loved it. I loved it because I was able to watch the last segment live at home on TV after being in yeah, Indianapolis. But- for folks coming back from Indy, it was perfect timing. For those that had to get up on Monday morning uh, to go to work. Uh, what? It was, it Who was goes rough, to work man. on Monday? Hey, it, you know, when when you're working in the big car business, that's a big sale, say, my man. Yeah, I understand. Anyways, let's talk about Austin Dillon. And those perfectly... And, and those perfectly... Perfect eyebrows of his. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. I got, I, I got him on you that know, one, I didn't was, I, Jeff? You sure did. <laughs> I'm, as, I'm as underwhelmed as Kyle Bush was after the race. Um, you know, this was... You know I'm a big NASCAR fan, right? Is there anybody who is a bigger NASCAR fan than Laurie Monroe and myself? Probably not. Maybe Richard Petty. Yeah, maybe Richard Petty. Um, what about Snot? Snot Willard? I can't. Well, Snot's been really angry at NASCAR okay. ever since they suspended him over that Marlboro thing uh, back when Winston was a sponsor. Well, we won't go there because it, it makes him sad when he hears it because he's a big fan of yours. Um, but anyway, that race was 600 miles. Well... I shouldn't say that. It was 565 miles of boredom with 35 miles of of action. Right. That's That's what what it usually is, isn't it? That's what we had. No, 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 no. (laughs) There's usually some real action in that race. And here was the biggest problem that I had on Sunday night is other than having to stay awake. Uh, because it wasn't exactly the most thrilling race. So it was sort of a, a cure for insomnia in many ways. I can't figure out if it was the fact that the race was so awful and so predictable and so blah, or whether it was just that in comparison to the Indianapolis 500, which gave you everything that you'd ever want in a race fan because I'm assuming most race fans, while they won't admit it, they like to see crashes, but they don't want to see anybody get seriously hurt or killed. Um, But it had spectacular crashes. It had lots of great maneuvering for the lead. It had a Cinderella story of sorts with Takuma Sato, who has given so much to this sport and I think is a pretty cool guy. Getting the win, I mean, it just had a little bit of everything. And the racing on the track was just so outrageously great that you just almost had to hold your breath for 500 miles. And then you get to NASCAR, which usually, in the past, NASCAR always put on a better show in the evening with the 600-mile race than Indy did. Now, Indy had the prestige, and there was usually some really outstanding things that happen in the race to make it memorable. And heck, it's Indianapolis. It's the 500. 
it's a big deal. But the last few years, the folks at, at, at the IndyCar series have really figured out this aero package. And I know there's a lot of old-time fans like myself even that miss the days when you could tell who was coming down the stretch, not by necessarily even the color of the car, but the shape of the car. You had different cars there and it made it fun because you never knew what you're going to get for the month of may those days are gone they're never going to come back so the next best thing to all of that excitement every year is having a race that was just knocked down drag out exciting and that they fit the bill so i'm not so sure whether the nascar race was as horrible as it could be or whether it was just horrible in comparison with the indy 500 which was the, one of the, again the, one of the most amazing races I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, that's uh, Steve asked me to lead off the show what I heard about NAS, you know, about the the six hundred, and and I said that most of what I heard is wow, the the Indy five hundred was so fantastic, and the six hundred was such a snoozer, and you know, I I completely agree with you, you know. Again, one of the the marquee races of the year, and you know, not minus the rain delay, which obviously I'm sure tuned a lot of people out and stuff like that. But you know, there was very little action, and and it was it was hard to watch. It was it was just it was hard to watch, and then it turned into a fuel mileage race. Yeah, you had a great twenty lap battle between Jimmy Johnson and Martin Truex in the first half of the race in the second segment. And then that was it. You know, after a crash on the track, you know, Johnson got shuffled back a little bit. So did Martin Truex. He had different characters up front. Clean air was king and boom, way up to a big lead again. You know, I just don't get it. You've got such aero-dependent cars like you have in the IndyCar series and at the Indianapolis 500 that's really big on downforce. And those cars don't get aero tight around each other. And you can actually slingshot for the pass. And you can actually make a move on the outside if you get a good run. And then you got NASCAR, which should not be as aero-dependent, and they cannot make a pass. And then when they do get up alongside each other for a little while, they don't have the horsepower to finish the pass. I don't get it. I don't know how you turn stock car racing into Formula One with fenders and you turn the IndyCar series into what we used to see in NASCAR with great slingshot passing. You know, whatever the folks at IndyCar have done, they've done right. Whatever the folks at NASCAR have done for their mile-and-a-half package, they've clearly done wrong. Because even some of the biggest homers for the sport have been complaining about the lack of action at the All-Star Race and then the 600 in back-to-back weeks. At least there's finally some recognition that there's a problem. But, of course, NASCAR will just change to Robles instead of fixing the problem that ails them, and that's kind of where we are with NASCAR management right now. Maybe we need a 600-mile road course race next year. <laughs> oh, please. We don't need any more gimmicks in this sport. What we need is to fix the aero package. Now, I've heard rumors, and so far they're just rumors because nobody's actually shown a spec on the new car rules for 2018 yet. 
But I've heard a rumor that the splitter might be going away in favor of what they're going to call an air dam, which would be similar to, remember when the, the old Luminas were running right. back in the day? They had the air dam instead of the front valence, and it sort of worked better than, than the splitter does. I still say, go back to dirtying up the air on these cars really big and give them back horsepower and, and let the real drivers go ahead and, and run. Otherwise, you're going to have, you know, participation trophies um, and guys like Austin Dillon happening to be there at the right time when everybody else runs out of fuel. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure it'll get better at Dover this week. I'm not so sure. The last, <laughs> the last few races at Dover, and yeah, Dover used to be that race that just absolutely twice a year wowed you with everything that happened because a guy could be out there to a six-second lead like Mark Martin was one year and have a spin with some lapped cars, and all of a sudden he's caught up in, in mayhem. Um, and, and then... You know, you used to have the giant rubber band there at, at Dover. It didn't matter how long of, of a lead a guy got. Somewhere along the line, towards the end of the race, everybody would come back on him. And, you know, lap traffic played a part. And, and also just the, the tire wear played a part. And guys could, could make these great big passes in the end. And unfortunately, less horsepower, less passing. You'd think that the brilliant minds at NASCAR would kind of understand that. But so many people think that Dan Gurney was wrong, and that's showing how wrong they are. Because you know what Dan Gurney used to say. Cut down on the downforce, yep. increase the horsepower, and it's going to give you better racing all the time. And uh, that Dan Gurney guy, he's pretty smart. I think I'd listen. He certainly is. Uh of course, talking to Dennis Michelson from racetalkradio.com. Let's do some predictions for this week at Dover. Jeff, what says you? I'll take Jimmy Johnson. I like that pick. I'm going to go I, Brad Keselowski. How about you, Dennis? I'm going to take, uh, let me see. I'm going to take Martin Truex Jr. Okay, a little revenge for the week. Very good. I like it. And uh, what's coming up on uh, Race Talk Radio and in the next segment? Well, Laurie and I will be uh, trying to figure out whether the uh, the Coke 600 was that awful or whether it was that the Indianapolis uh, 500 was that great. And we're actually going to talk a little bit more about Indy, too, because, quite frankly, NASCAR bored the heck out of us this week. But uh, we're going to have a good time, as we always do. So stick around for more interesting talk with Lori and I later in the show. Are you going to grade the booger that Kyle Bush picked out of his nose in the uh, press conference there? That was just one of the most disturbing things I've ever watched. <laughs> I just, you know, there's a Seinfeld episode about that, and that was a full blown dig. <laughs> that was a dig. Yeah. All I got to say about that, I am just so glad that, that we won't have to hear anybody mentioning how marriage and being a father has tamed down Kyle Bush and made him an old softy. <laughs> That's for sure. This is true. Dennis, we appreciate it as always, and uh, we look forward to chatting with you next week, sir. Thank you, Z-Man. Thank you.
You are listening to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin. Make sure to get out there this weekend and with this beautiful weather, along with our friends at the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Centers on the web at milwcar.com. Welcome back to the Final Inspection, 105.7 FM, The Fan. This is Dennis Michelson along with Lori Monroe, and you know what that means, folks. It is time for your NASCAR segment, and Lori Monroe, I think the folks at NASCAR headquarters in Daytona have to love Kyle Busch about now. I think so. Why wouldn't they? There's, there's nothing not to love about Kyle Busch. You know why I think they love him even more, though? Okay, you tell me yours and I'll tell you mine. Go ahead. Because his antics after Mm -hmm. the race where he did his famous mic drop and was picking his nose, and that's all anybody's talking about, it's sort of gotten us away from talking about how dull the Coke 600 was. So I think that's a win for NASCAR. Well, I couldn't really tell you how dull the Coke 600 was other than the few laps I watched before I fell asleep. Because it, what time did it finish? Two in the morning? I don't know. It was late. But, yeah. But I think the reason that uh, NASCAR loves Kyle Busch right now, number one, that kid did not use an expletive. Number yes. two, that kid's name is not Tiger Woods. Very true. You know, Kyle Busch has gotten a really bad rap in the last few days, and you know. There could be a lot worse things he could have done. He's a passionate driver. He he didn't win that race. He was he was looking. He, he, the guy's tick got a sheet. He's ticking off victories of things that he wants to win. Coke six hundred didn't happen to happen to him this year. He was upset. I I really it, it's comical looking at the video. I must have watched it four hundred times. Thank <laughs> God it's only like fifteen seconds long. And now of course everybody's making parodies of it too which is even funnier but really give kyle bush a break this guy is not out there driving around like a lunatic on the roads or cursing and swearing or doing anything he he's his own worst enemy we know this this is the kyle bush we all know and again this is you got to have the black hat in the in the sport and everybody loves to hate kyle bush but you know, over the last few years, he's gotten a lot more fans, and it's great to have somebody that has some sort of a flavor and texture out there. Then, you know, we could be complaining about, oh, you know, Jimmy Johnson's always winning, or he's so vanilla. You know, you can't have it both ways. My biggest concern, speaking of taste and texture, was the fact that he mm-hmm. was picking his nose so much. That was that weird. Was... <laughs> that That was just... It was, he basically, that was almost like his version of giving everybody the finger. Like, I'm going to yeah. sit here and just be, just be vulgar, short, abrupt. It was a tantrum. It was a tantrum. We know this. Yeah. We see this. But that's Kyle Bush. But yeah, the whole nose thing. Like, if you watch the, the, the Junior 360 video, <laughs> Junior Motorsports made the parody of it. Yes. People got to look this up and watch it because it is priceless. Everybody in the entire organization does this little parody of uh, of Kyle Busch. It's just absolutely priceless. 
Yeah, I thought that was fantastic. And you're so right. You know, the, the things that we complain about our NASCAR stars about yeah. are, are so mild. You know, They're mild. You know, this is the same week where you've got this redheaded comedian holding up a decapitated head of Donald yeah. Trump. Kyle Busch didn't do that. No, no. I was more... You know, there's I was, a lot more vulgar people in the world that people look up to and revere. And now you've got Jim Carrey defending this uh, this comedian as well. It just, it just absolutely... The, the world is just off base for some reason, and I don't know why. And all we can do is pick on Kyle Busch? Yeah, it was the nose picking that that turned me <laughs> off. That was that, that's where I draw the line, Laurie Monroe. I draw the line at at picking the nose, especially when it appeared at one point that he was. Uh, well, we won't go there. But anyway, oh, please, yeah. Kyle Bush on the pole for Dover. Are we finally yeah. going to see Toyota breakthrough with the win this weekend? I don't know. It, I, I'm pulling for Kyle Busch this weekend. I really hope he does go out and win. He he certainly needs a win. He's not had a win this year. That was part of his problem as well. He really, he, he needs a win. And yeah, JGR has just not been, and especially Kyle Busch. We expect more from Kyle Busch. So whether Toyota rises to the forefront, I just don't know. I hope yeah. so. Hope so How- how about that performance yesterday on pole day? Kyle Busch winning the pole, Truex Jr., the pseudo JGR team on the outside of uh, row one, then Suarez and Kenseth right there. And then Jones is back there in, in like row four. So very good, successful qualifying day for the guys from JGR and from the JGR shadow team. So, I have a feeling that uh, that's going to be the team to beat. You know, if I could turn back time, I would have even changed my pick for this weekend from, uh, well, we'll talk about that later. But uh, but no, very very strange. I do hope we see more racing on the track and less nose picking after the race, uh, though, this week at Dover. I want racing during the day where at least I'm awake because I did miss out on the Coke 600, sadly. Yeah, and the whole grip strip thing, nice try, Charlotte Motor Speedway. It didn't work. I guess, unless there's a massive rule change, I will be very happy next year that they run the road course because at least it'll be some different sort of (laughs) insanity rather than the 20 laps of good racing that we had in 20, I guess I shouldn't be whining so much because I should accept 20 good laps out of 400 any day, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Sure, Michelson. <laughs> yeah, but uh, anyway, quite a, a hilarious. You mentioned that hilarious video by by Junior Motorsports. But on the other flip side, one of the things that made me a little upset was the the Toyota officials and everybody else ripping Brad Keselowski when he mentioned on Twitter, and, and I didn't think it was that over the top, called out Kyle Busch for being disrespectful yeah. to Bob Pockers. And I, I just, I thought, you know, shouldn't he be able to express his opinion on that? I just didn't understand that. Yeah, it got, uh, got a little touchy there i was surprised to see that as well because i thought oh gosh what did what did uh, keselowski say and i was it was lunch bag letdown because i thought he'd sent something really volatile but uh he didn't 
Yeah, and that's the thing is I when I saw the whole uproar, I'm like, oh my goodness, did he call Kyle Bush a jerk? Did he call him names? Did he, you know, say his sponsor should pull out, you know, whatever? No. All he said was he was disrespectful. Well, he was. And, and I agree. You can go over the top uh, and beat up Kyle Bush too much for being Kyle Bush. Thank God that this will keep people from actually saying, you know, since he got married and had a kid, Kyle Bush has been uh. a different man. He hasn't. And, and you know what? I'm actually glad that he's stayed the same. And I'm glad he's upset when he doesn't win. But I don't know. Bob Pockers is one of the most respected guys in the NASCAR media and one of the nicest guys you'll meet as well. I'm not so sure that it does much beating him up. I'd save that disgust for the uh, reporter that asks dumb questions. Well, the thing is, every every good driver in history has beat up on Pockers. Don't you remember when Tony Stewart said... All right, what are you on, pop grass? <laughs> yes. I'll never forget that. Yeah, and, and to his credit, Bob handled this in true Pockris style because when he was asked about it, he says, I don't have any problem with Kyle Bush. And I know because he doesn't have any problem with anybody. He doesn't yeah, care. Yeah. He doesn't care. He's there to do his job. He's not there to be best buddies with these guys. He's not there to be the story, exactly. But the story was Austin Dillon getting his first career win. Here's the question for you. Will this be his only career win, do you think? Only career win? His career's just starting. I'm sure there'll be more wins. I think uh, I think RCR's probably doing a little bit better than they were in the last couple of years. I, I think there'll be more wins for him. And congratulations to him as well. And to Richard Childress Racing. That's another kid who's took a took a beating this week from a lot of uh, old Dale Earnhardt Senior fans. That's really unfair. I I just don't know why why they're not allowing him to celebrate and allow his fans to celebrate because he does have fans. They might be younger, you know. Just uh, allow the evolution of 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 NASCAR to take place, you know. T- We've got different drivers driving numbers that we've seen for the last 40 years, and no one seems to be having a, a meltdown. But uh, God help them if somebody else is in the three car and wins. Yeah, the only advice I have for Austin Dillon, after giving advice to Kyle Busch on no nose picking, <laughs> yeah, Austin, please change your celebration. I yeah, would love to see you win. I would like to see you win 20 more times a year if you just came up with a better celebration. That's all I'm saying. Well, it all got crazy when drivers started getting out of their cars. Yeah. You know, and then they got to one-up each other. Yeah. Yeah, crazy. Well, it is time for us to step out and take a quick break. When we come back, it'll be time for a little NASCAR still blowing. You're listening to the Final Inspection, 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to 105.7 FM, the fan, the final inspection. Dennis and Laurie talking NASCAR, and you know what time it is now, ladies and gentlemen. Well, a team in, team in the revenue's team. Oh, yes. 
When you hear the music. Wait, wait, wait. And you hear the dog get all excited. You know it's time to queue up General Mattis and his bombs. It is time for good old-fashioned still-blowing. Laurie Monroe, tell folks how this works. Mattis and his quartet of bombs. Yeah, if... uh... If you've got something that's got you upset in the world of NASCAR, go over to racetalkradio.com, fill out the form, and join us in a still blowing every week, and we'll uh, we'll include you in our still blowing. Uh, stills are things that used to have a little bit of moonshine running through them back in the day, and they got blown up from time to time, so uh, this is what we like to do around here. What did they have running through them? Oh, a little bit of moonshine. White lightning. White lightning! That's the White stuff. lightning! Absolutely. So, Laurie Monroe, do you have a still that needs blowing? I do. I'll just cut to the chase. Indy car, Indy 500, driver introductions that did not happen oh, on TV. Wow. I so look forward to the little bit of pomp and circumstance yes. before the Indy 500, which I thoroughly enjoyed the race. I I want to see the driver intros. They walk out three abreast. They get cheers. Fans yell, scream. They wave and they walk off. Sometimes someone's a little bit late behind, you know, it's all been fabulous. It's part of the part of the tradition. And I don't know why they're not doing it like that on TV. I I assume they did it live there. I don't know. How would I know? Yeah. All I got was the pre-recorded thing on TV with the driver uh, introducing the drivers. So that that upset me. Oh, that was a good call. But uh, speaking of traditions, how about Jim Cornelison doing the uh, back home again in Indiana? He was outstanding. Absolutely nailed it. It gave me shivers. I I, I got goosebumps thinking about it right now, too. Crazy, crazy good. Well, mine also has to do with the Indy 500. Usually these are NASCAR stills, but they could be anything in the racing world. There was actually a reporter. Uh, Well, now a former reporter, thank God. There was a reporter that tweeted out about how he was not feeling very well about Takuma Sato winning on Memorial Day because the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor years ago. Oh, my God. Really? I hadn't heard this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he is now... Uh, a former sports writer for a major publication. I'll I'll figure out which one later on. But yeah, and there were other people though wow. on social media that were ripping Takuma Sato. Oh, that guy is always a crash dummy, you know. Oh, oh just... my God, really? That guy has given so much yeah. to IndyCar racing. He is, and finally, in a great car. Out well, of this the is Indy it. 500. You know, he's he's not had the best stuff in the last few years. No, no. So the, for the people ripping on Takuma Sato, who's one Blow of the them up. funniest guys around and nicest guys, that that definitely needs some some blowing. But boy, I I think we just blow them all up. Um, blow anybody... them all up. If if I got to choose, though, I'm picking yours because I absolutely adore Takuma Sato, and I can't believe somebody would be shallow-minded to even write something like that. What so an idiot. G- General Mattis, send in the B-52 bombers, please. <laughs> that sweet sound of explosive Thank you. always makes me so happy. 
when I hear things blowing up. It is time for a little NASCAR news before the uh, the end of the day. And uh, how about this? Kyle Busch's career is going to the dogs this weekend at Dover. He's doubling up pedigree dog food on his car for both races. Could we see pedigree in victory lane for both races? Yes, and I hope so. I hope so for for Kyle Busch, and I hope so for the dogs. I love the paint scheme all the time. When uh, he's had pedigree on before, it's it's a good thing. <laughs> also, good news for Dale Jr. Of course, he is a big Redskins fan, right? He loves potatoes? the Redskins football team, the Reds- no, Washington oh, Redskins okay, football potatoes. team, which was his daddy's favorite team. And uh, the good news is. He will not have to drive a Philadelphia Eagles paint scheme as it was originally uh, scheduled. So uh, how about that for old Junior? He gets away from not having to uh, drive a car with his most unfavored team on. Would it really kill him to have to drive with a paint scheme for a team he doesn't doesn't follow? No, he'd be okay about it. He'd be fine. He'd be fine. But everybody else is concerned about it. Also in the news, how about this? A cool way to celebrate the 80th birthday of the king at Chicagoland Speedway. That sounds pretty cool, isn't it? I swear every year he turns 80. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking I really they're... thought last year was his 80th. Yeah, I think they're cheap. And now this year's is his 80th. Maybe it's like one of these cheap. 29 and holdings. It's 80 and holding. He doesn't look 80. No, like, he doesn't look 80. He, the he man not has not changed 80. in 40 years. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's nuts. It's absolutely crazy. But uh, but great to see the folks at Chicagoland Speedway coming up with yet another way to, uh, to sell a ticket out there for the official King's 80th birthday deal. Check them out, chicagolandspeedway.com. Now, next year... If Chicagoland tries to do this again for an 80th birthday and it's for the race in July, we know they're just screwing with us. (laughs) All right, Lori, it is the Dover race, the Monster Mile. I hope the monster lives up to its nickname and gives us a monster great time. Who is your pick to win this week at Dover? I'm going with the nose picker. I'm going with Kyle Busch. <laughs> that is a great pick indeed. And I'm going to go <laughs> with his pseudo teammate who doesn't pick his nose or any other orifices that I know of anyway. Martin Truex Jr. is my pick to win out at Dover. But uh, oh, it, I think it's going to be a Toyota this weekend and I I wonder if it's too cha- too late to change my pick so I can win a great prize I, I gotta check into that well you can always turn back time I can turn back time yes indeed so Kyle Bush, Martin Truex those are our picks to click thanks for tuning in to your NASCAR segment with a little bit of IndyCar thrown in at no extra charge here on 105.7 FM The Fan
You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.